Welcome to Naturopathy Today. Your hosts are Dr. Michael Schwartz and Steve Langford. Join them as they guide you on a journey to good health through holistic naturopathy. Now here are Michael and Steve. Hi, and welcome to another informative, stimulating episode of Naturopathy Today. I'm your co-host, Michael, and I have my great bud with me. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing today? Good morning, Michael. I'm doing well. Um, I'm a blessed person, and I appreciate every day I have, and I especially appreciate the time we get to spend together. So I'm here, ready at your disposal. All right. You know, it would really be wonderful if everybody had that same attitude, not necessarily about spending time with me, but just, (laughs) (laughs) well, that wouldn't be bad. (laughs) Of course, I think with our information, we drive them up a wall. And I'm uh, sure we, we, we give them something to think about, I'm sure. And that's our goal. Absolutely. But to really take advantage of the day and enjoy the people in your life and enjoy what you do, and try to find the good in everything. Hard to do. Well, but you know, it, it's, it's a practice, Michael. Um, it's something that people can choose. And they, I think many people don't realize that. If they're unhappy, if something's going wrong, oftentimes they feel like, oh, this is the way it is. And I can't do anything about that. When in fact, it's the perfect opportunity to make choices that actually can benefit you. And so I think happiness is very much often a choice, especially when circumstances might not be that evident, we can still choose. And when we don't feel it, maybe we got to work at it, but we can certainly intellectually adopt that philosophy. You know, there's a couple of things you said there. One is, you know, finding gratitude or finding happiness in bad situations. And, and it reminded me of the expression, fake it until you make it. The other thing, I bought a book, I think I may have mentioned this in one of our sessions going back, called 6,990 Words of Wisdom. And I thought, you know, that's pretty cool. That's something I could use. And the book has got a lot of one and two liners about different things. And I remember one of them that this brought up for me was, the understanding that a lot of people really don't like their jobs, you know, they're, you know, which may have been one of the reasons why there was such a dropout of people leaving their jobs because fundamentally they didn't like them. And yet there are still others that may not like their jobs, but because of their financial situations, their obligations, et cetera, et cetera, they're hanging in. So I wrote a thing called a rambling. I did a lot of rambling. And this one was, whatever your situation is, find the one thing that you like and focus on that and let that be your motivation. Let that be your inspiration for getting up and going to work every day. Forget all the things you don't like about the job. Forget about the people you don't like, but find that one thing and let that become your beacon and your motivation. And that's actually a choice to pursue that type of thinking. And I think it's when people choose the thinking that that's what moves them forward. Absolutely. You know, the problem with with us as humans is that we get so wrapped up and we don't necessarily really look at things from as many different levels as we could or should. 
because everything is an emergency. Everything has got to be done now. You know, all this electronic stuff, and it really separates us. You know, we don't have that real deep communication anymore. If you're texting with somebody, it's three words or it's acronyms. You can't tell the emotion behind it. So a lot of that causes pain and inflammation. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect segue. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You know, and it is one of the things as we age, we become more cognizant and susceptible to both inflammation and pain. So one of the things I did was some research because I'm not a food person per se. You know, if it comes to vitamins, minerals, herbs, I can help you get well. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And a lot of people want to deal with getting better. Oh, no, I've got a great diet. I know I can fix myself with a diet because I hear that when I do consumer lectures. And I say, you know, I'm glad to hear you got a great diet, organic and clean food and good water and all that great stuff. However, do you know the most amount of nutrients you will ever absorb out of the perfect diet? And of course, most people don't. The answer is only 70%. And that's assuming you're not doing dairy, clogging up the little orifices that the nutrients migrate into your bloodstream. So that's one aspect. Another aspect is in order to get that 70% and having it being beneficial, you'd have to be in a stress-free mindset because stress, as we've covered before, not only does it compromise your B vitamins, which are water dispersible, but it also your cow, mag, and zinc. So no, you need supplementation. So anyway, Uh, Because I'm not a food person, I went and and did some research. So here are foods that all of us consume that cause inflammation. Refined carbohydrate, white bread, pastries. And what's interesting of the things that kill you, cocaine, meth, speed, heroin, are all white products, as is salt, sugar, and bleached bread. Isn't that fascinating? I thought it was. Well, it's always fascinating when you take something and remove the important constituents and then pass it off as food. (laughs) You know, you bread, white flour. I remember something I learned early on. They take out 22 nutrients, put back four or five and call it enriched. But it was a good illustration that I thought made the point very well that what these refined foods are is just bankrupt nutrition. Absolutely. And the only person enriched is the company that makes it. Another thing that really does damage are French fries and other fried foods. And we are a nation of fried food junkies. In everything we're sharing, we're telling people, be healthy, do this and do that and eat right. And, And one of the things that I learned a long time ago, basically with my own children, which is you cannot impose a good, healthy diet into your significant other, your children, your grandchildren, unless you allow them, you know, take into account the 80-20 rule, 80% raw, 15% cooked, and 5% junk. And I had somebody, what's with the junk? And I say, it eliminates resentment and imposition, because if the child or your significant other resent this diet you're putting them on, that resentment will do more damage than the bad food 
that from the old diet. So allow yourself that margin to enjoy. Important point. I, I'm glad you mentioned it because I was going to say that we look at that too. And it's, I try to explain it to people this way. If you eat well most of the time and you're generally healthy, your body can handle these indulgences. Just like you get, if you exercise regularly, but then you don't for a weekend, that's not going to destroy your program. Conversely, if you eat well occasionally or exercise occasionally, the occasional indulgence in that isn't going to move you forward. So it's really the predominant bulk of what you do that sets the stage. And don't beat yourself up if you indulge yourself occasionally, as long as it's not doing you harm because of your personal circumstances, give yourself a break and enjoy it and go forward in happiness. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> so here's some other bad news stuff. Soda. And we talked about diet soda, how it really puts on weight and sweetened sugar, sweetened beverages. So, you know, when you, if you drink iced tea, like we do at lunch, my son and I, when we go out to Olive Garden for salads, because you can't get an organic salad anywhere, they always offer you, you know, sweetened tea. No, bad news stuff. Red meat, which is, you know, a big thing, obviously, in our country and a very expensive thing anymore, I might add. Uh, red meat is very unhealthy, you know, burgers, steaks, and certainly the processed meat with all the nitrites and nitrates, also really bad news. And last but not least, margarine. It's a synthetic. It's a chemical mixture. Uh, shortening and of course lard made from animal fat and we talked about the fat in the body of an animal is the same as the fat in our body and that's where all the toxins are stored well you know this this list that you just described michael is so important for people to understand that if this is the bulk of their diet that they can't possibly be well nourished they're eating these foods, and as they eat these foods, they're not eating the good foods that we've described in you know, past episodes, and everybody can discover what those good foods are that we're talking about. But the fact that they're so stuck in this process of foods that can't possibly keep them healthiest, and then also then contribute to these other conditions that we're talking about today, inflammation and pain, it's no wonder we have a nation that is seemingly over-medicated trying to reverse inflammation and pain when yep. they're not doing anything to change the cause of the inflammation and pain. And that's what we're all about. Get down to the cause, make those changes, and you'll see your pain and inflammation improve. Absolutely. Going back to the red meat a minute, there are so many people that like red meat. I go back to when I was a kid, I used to eat, obviously, meat. I grew up that way, like all of us did. And my grandfather always cooked, because I lived with my grandparents for a while, they always cooked their food thoroughly. So I never saw <laughs> red meat, so to speak. It was more like, not burnt, but <laughs> under the grill, well done. The garlic. <laughs> now, when as I've grown up and I understand, there's a part in the Bible when Noah and the children get out after the flood, you know, they want to make a sacrifice to God. You know, they saved me because he told them, you know, build a boat, get yourself squared away. And God says to them, 
you know, if you're going to make a sacrifice of meat, fundamentally what, what it says is drain the blood thereof. And people don't realize that the blood of an animal, like our blood, not only does it take nutrients from the food we eat and deliver it to the cells, but every single cell eats, breathes, drinks, and poops. That poop, <laughs> that byproduct, that waste from the cell's individual processing is in the blood scheduled for re, you know, removal from the body. So when you eat meat and you eat the blood thereof, you're actually bringing in the toxins from that consumption, from the processing of those cells. And that just flashed on me again about what we talked about last week or the week before about how the kids with the boys and the girls are maturing physiologically so quickly because of the consumption of meat, because the cells themselves have the hormones in there. And so it's affecting the hormonal balance of the kids. Anyway, going, you know, dealing with an anti-inflammatory and also something about inflammation. Let me go there a minute. Because in doing some research about cancer way back when, I came across an article that said, one of the things that inflammation can do is actually change the DNA of a cell. And in that regard, that too can end up creating disease, including cancer. And a lot of people blow inflammation off. And you really shouldn't because it's your body's way of saying, hey, there's something going on here. Pay attention. Deal with it. I don't well, know I you... think that as, as a, a nation, I think we are chronically, um, subclinically, perhaps inflamed. I think because of the diet and the lifestyle that we all have this inflammation and it may not be so obvious yet. People are subclinically inflamed and just on the brink of having a more obvious manifestation. So just because you think you feel okay doesn't, necess doesn't necessarily mean that you are okay when you look beneath the surface. Very true. And it's really interesting because I flashed on inflammation. Yeah, people are inflamed. They're angry as hell based on everything that's going on today. So it's just a little sidebar on the play on the word inflammation. Anyway, tomatoes are really good unless you're an arthritic or dealing with gout. You don't want to do tomatoes. They'll aggravate the situation situation, but they're great in lycopene, which is really a healthy nutrient. Olive oil is a great anti-inflammatory. And you know that olive oil has a constituent that's great to fight cancer. I forget you know, the chemical name because it's not my orientation, but olive oil is really great as a salad dressing with a little balsamic vinegar. You're in good shape. Uh, that's what we do. Anyway, and we think we're in decent shape. God, I was going to say green leafy vegetables like spinach, kale, and collards. Now, there is a downside to both spinach and kale. They both contain oxalic acid, which will have a tendency to bond with calcium and could create kidney stones. Nuts, most nuts are, that's interesting. The only nuts an arthritic should eat or can eat are Brazil and almonds. Almost all of the other nuts are uh, acid forming. You know, in some circles, I don't remember, Steve, if we ever talked about this and if you ever learned this in your nine, nine health things, but food in the, ends up being 
either alkaline or acidic. And those foods that are acidic, some of us say that, well, that you end up with an acid ash in your bloodstream. Have you heard that term before? I have heard that term, exactly that term. Where all arthritic should not eat meat. Let me rephrase that. It would be beneficial if they reduced their meat, fish, fowl, nuts, dairy, because those food substances end up producing an acid ash in the bloodstream. And what that means in English from another point of view is that the increase of acidity also makes the body vulnerable to invasion by critters, as well as the acid could eat away at the synovial membrane of the joints, thus taking the gout, you know, coming to gout is step one or three, and then eating away at the membrane ends up, the body loses, you know, the fluid that, that lubricates the joints, and now we've got full-blown arthritis. Well, this is what commonly referred to as the acid-alkaline balance, and people certainly can learn which foods are alkaline producing, which is what we would consider beneficial. And it might be helpful to iterate here that the minerals, most of the minerals that we are talking about are also alkaline producing, um, if I understand that correctly. Oh, absolutely. Look at calcium and magnesium. The bloodstream utilizes those to help neutralize the acidity. That's why people need more calcium and magnesium, as well as phosphorus, potassium, all of the minerals. That's why I'm a big proponent of complete multi-minerals, not just cow or mag or cow mags. And you need all of it. So yeah, they help neutralize. Uh, other things that are good from an anti-inflammatory diet point of view are fatty fish like salmon, mackerel, tuna, sardines uh, are also good and fruits like the blueberries strawberries and cherries uh, i avoid uh, citrus as well as tomatoes i would also take a look and avoid uh, eggplants are also nightshade creatures so that they you know for an arthritic they too should not be utilized there is such an important point i think for people is to realize that we are all individuals so as we talk about foods and what's good and what's not, it has everything to do with you as an individual also. So if you're allergic to strawberries, strawberries are a good food, but not if you're allergic to it, not if it <laughs> triggers something else in your body. So you have to be take all of this with the point of view that as an individual, I can make adjustments and I can not eat things that might be good for somebody else, but not, might not be good for me. And to understand that, so you can have that choice and individual adjustments, and it's your opportunity to figure out what those are. And when you do, you can make those changes. And then over time, you might get back some of those foods. And before we sign off, because we're cutting near our, you know, 20 minute thing, here are five research backed drinks that are great for alkalizing the body and getting rid of inflammation to some degree. Baking soda in water. Don't know that I would do that. I'm more of the parsley and ginger green juice. Lemon and turmeric is also a good drink. Bone broth. I'm not a fan because obviously I, I do more of a vegetarian style diet. 
but they say that's also good for inflammation. Next week, we'll get into pain and what you can do about it. And we'll go from there. And there are also nutrients you can use to diminish inflammation and strengthen the body and raise the pain threshold. And we will cover all of that next week. So for me, Steve, being mindful of the clock, I will say, I will see you next week, bright and shiny. I'm looking forward to it because I think this is one of the most important topics that I deal with it with people so many times. So big, important Amen. show coming up, folks. So we'll talk to you then. Be sure to tune in. Take care, be well, and God bless. Thank you, Michael. Bye-bye, folks. Thank you for listening to Naturopathy Today, sponsored by MNP, Michael's Naturopathic Programs at michaelshealth.com. Join us every Monday for the latest episode in this journey to excellent health on all levels. Thank you.